0: And welcome into another edition of Cue Up. It is Monday, November 21st, 2022. Thank you all for tuning in as always. I always appreciate the support. Whether you're listening to this podcast in the morning, in the afternoon, or the evening, I just always appreciate whatever support I can get because I love doing this. It's been now over two months that I've been doing this podcast every Monday and Friday, and I'm having a blast, and hopefully you are as well. I didn't have a blast yesterday when the Jets just looked totally inept. And by the way, so did the Patriots, but at least the Patriots looked a little less inept winning 10-3 against the Jets. The Giants also lost against the Lions a game they should have won going in, but they didn't. We'll get into that game, and then if we have time at the end, we can go over the Knicks, and then uh, we'll wrap it up from there. But we're not even going to talk about any baseball right now. We just got to get right into this train wreck of a game yesterday that set the game back about 30 or 40 years. This was the Jets and the Patriots. I was watching that game from Gillette Stadium. I didn't go to the game as a fan. I was working it. I was working the pre- and post-game show for the Patriots. So I was watching that game in the control room as everything was unfolding. We thought that it was going to go into overtime. And Braden Mann, of course, punts it right down the middle of the field. Marcus Jones takes it all the way for a touchdown. And that's how the Jets lose the game. And coincidentally before that Brayden Man shanked two punts so literally going in into this last punt that he had That ended up going all the way for a touchdown. He shanked two balls out of bounds. And if he did just that, we would have been going to overtime. And granted, the Jets probably still lose the game in overtime or a tie. But still, you never know if it goes in overtime. But he punts it right down the middle. And it's shades of that Giants-Eagles game right before Christmas. With Matt Dodge punting it to Deshaun Jackson. And Jackson taking it all the way as time expires to beat the Giants. This one beats the Jets. And... You know, I, I don't get it. I was I was all over this game on my Friday podcast saying that I do not get the Jets fans that are optimistic going in to this game. I just, I just didn't see it. Bill Belichick coming off of a bye, which he is virtually unbeatable. Jets going into Gillette Stadium. And I think a lot of fans, they looked at the game three weeks ago when the Jets lost by one possession, when they should have probably won that game. They were the better team that day but they just expected that the game was going to be the same going into this one. Just like, no, the Patriots are going to make adjustments, and to their credit, they did, and the Jets did not. Zach Wilson was horrible. He was absolutely terrible, and one thing that we do know coming out of this game is that he is not the guy. I know a lot of people have been saying it today, and I just want to echo that. I am right in line with everyone that hopped off the bandwagon a few weeks ago on Zach Wilson. I was a little late going into this week. I was even I wasn't, you know, out on Zach Wilson, but I was definitely iffy on Wilson and I know how could you not be? What has Wilson showed you in his two years playing in the NFL that warrants him getting the tag as the franchise quarterback? There's nothing. And we saw glimpses last year that can kind of make you simmer down if you're wanting to hop off of the Zach Wilson bandwagon because he was getting out of the pocket. He was making deep throws. His arm talent is unbelievable. But he just does not have it um, between the ears. He just doesn't. And if you want to be a quarterback in the NFL, you need to have the kind of that sixth sense that a lot of these quarterbacks have. You take a look at the Sunday night football game last night. How about Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert? I mean, that game that they played looks like it's a different game than what the Jets and Patriots played. It was brutal. And for Zach Wilson to have the gall to stand up in the press conference and not take any blame for that bleep show that we saw yesterday, uh, that just it just looks really bad. Zach Wilson is not the guy on the field, and he's not the guy off the field either, Because if you were the guy at least off the field and you had some maturity and you had some awareness at what just happened and what took place, you would know that that was your fault. The offense could not score. You scored three points. You averaged two inches per play in the second half. And that's a literal stat. I'm not even over-exaggerating. Two inches per play in the second half. And Zach Wilson is up there not taking any blame for how bad the offense was and you have these videos now coming out on Twitter kind of showing you film of the entire field and you see Zach Wilson just totally missing Denzel Mims who was wide open shrieking down the field in the end zone would have put the Jets up easily would have been an easy touchdown also on that third and short when he threw it to Michael Carter out in the swing he had Elijah Moore open on a drag right down the middle I don't know what Zach Wilson is seeing but he is just not reading the field, right? And I don't think—I don't know if he ever will. He's just not the guy. He is not—and He's, I cannot believe that it's taken me this long to figure it out because there were a lot of Jets fans that were off of Zach Wilson's bandwagon a few weeks ago, and I should have been right there with him, but we're not seeing any sort of glimpses that Zach Wilson can be the guy. And uh, he's just making matters worse by looking so bad in press conferences. I mean, this was a layup question that he was asked. Do you take any blame or do you uh, feel bad for what the defense did today? Which the defense for the Jets is absolutely phenomenal. And it just sucks to see that the Jets are just wasting that defense with a terrible quarterback and a terrible offense that the Jets have. I mean, they scored three points. They had 77 yards of offense through the air yesterday. That's not going to get it done. I don't care how good your defense is. And the Jets played Super Bowl winning defense yesterday, and they've been playing Super Bowl winning defense pretty much the entire year. And it's just a shame to see it all get thrown away because some quarterback can't find a wide open guy in the field. And Zach Wilson just not is not doing it. And the fact of the matter is that Robert Sala didn't even consider A coaching change yesterday yes I wasn't thinking about it but it's a fair question it is an absolutely fair question why wasn't Zach Wilson subbed out yesterday for Mike White or Joe Flacco and I've been so anti Joe Flacco and so anti Mike White I want to see Zach Wilson I've always did um, throughout this season but I think yesterday was the final nail in the coffin for me on Zach Wilson I have totally turned the other way I would love to see Flacco and I would love to see Mike White because remember, at the beginning of the year, the Jets the Jets weren't picked to go and be a playoff contender. They weren't picked to possibly uh, win a game in the playoffs or have a great defense or just have a great team. No one really knew what the Jets had. But now that I've watched these handful of games and I've seen what the Jets are capable of, I want to get the best quarterback that the team has out on the field. And right now, Zach Wilson is probably the third best quarterback on the team. So I want to see Joe Flacco or I want to see Mike White next week. I do not want to see any more of Zach Wilson because he is the one reason why this Jets team is not in the playoff mix right now. They are on the outside looking in, and it's all because of Zach Wilson. And it's not a coincidence. There were two players yesterday who liked tweets criticizing Zach Wilson, and they had to come out today, this morning, on Monday morning, and say that it was, yeah, my bad, my accident. Um, I did not mean to like this tweet. Um, That was probably the PR guy that the Jets have that told Sauce Gardner and John Franklin Myers to, unlike the tweet, and you got to issue an apology and say that you didn't mean to do it because that's a bad look for the team. And, yeah, it is a bad look for the team. But an even worse look is Zach Wilson standing up to the media and not taking any blame for it. There's no excuse for that. And he's immature. Uh, At this point, it's just unacceptable. So I really do hope for this Bears game coming up when the Jets are at MetLife Stadium. I'll be going to that game. I do not want to see Zach Wilson. Please, for the fans' sake, we cannot take another game where Zach Wilson is looking like a high school football player out there. We cannot do that because this team is too good to waste. Because we all know in the NFL, even though this team is really young and they have a great core of young players, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, Elijah Vera tucker you can go down the list with all these young guys, it's no guarantee that you're going to be as good next year, the year after that, or the year after that, you know? There's no such thing as house money, which is why I hate when people say, oh, yeah, the Jets are playing with house money. It doesn't really matter for all these media pundits who are saying that, who aren't actual Jets fans. There's no guarantee the Jets will be back here next year. There's no guarantee any team will be back next year. So you want to take advantage of every opportunity that you got, and they just they they have not been doing it. Yeah, they're over 500 right now, but really, what's... What's the point in that? You have a quarterback who is unwilling to change or take any blame for his miscues, for not seeing guys who are open down the field, and you have a head coach who also is reluctant to make a quarterback change, who is so loyal to Zach Wilson for whatever reason. I don't get it, and until the Jets make that change to get Joe Flacco or even Mike White at this point, um, the Jets are going to continue to be constrained by the quarterback position and every time he jobs back to pass, we're all going to be holding our breath because he's going to be throwing into coverage or making some bonehead play or not finding a wide open guy who is in the field. Um, It's just going to be be a wreck. So enough on the Jets. I'm done with it. I can't take it. It was worse for me to even be in the control room and have a whole post-game show that was centered around the Patriots. And by the way, they they really weren't happy either. I mean, you'll take a look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones wasn't much better, but he was better. He completed 20 passes. Zach Wilson completed seven. And Zach Wilson blamed it on the wind. I mean, where was the wind when Mac Jones was completing 20 passes? The Jet, The Patriots were actually able to move the ball a little bit. Give credit to the Jets' defense for bending but not breaking. They got sacks when they needed to. They didn't get any turnovers, but the Jets' defense was great. I mean, that's that's not a problem at all. Special teams, yeah, Braden Mann sucks uh, for kicking it right down the middle. I mean, that's that's what it came, comes down to, and uh, you know it sucks. It really does. As for the Giants, they lost. They lost a uh, brutal game against the Lions. They got their butts handed to them. Barkley was contained. I didn't watch much of this game just because I was working the other game, but I think the Lions definitely have the recipe for the way that you beat the New York Giants, and that is to stop Barkley, and you got a chance. That's literally it with this New York Giants offense because we all saw they don't have any wide receivers. The wide receiver that they really did have was Wandale Robinson, who broke out yesterday. He had nine catches, 100 yards and he tears his ACL. I mean, that is just absolutely brutal. It's heartbreaking, and it sucks that his season has to end on a career day for him. Giants also lost Adoree Jackson. That happened on a punt return, and that sucks too. So the Giants not only lose a tough game against the Lions, they lose two players who have been bright spots for the Giants this year, and now they go into Thanksgiving with a loss on their belt, and having to play a red-hot Dallas Cowboy team. They got a huge win yesterday against the Minnesota Vikings. I think they won like 40-3. to I mean, they probably could have scored 60 points. The Vikings, what a letdown after that huge win against the Bills last week. They scored three points against the Dallas Cowboys at home. I mean, the Vikings are a juggernaut at home. I love the Vikings at home. Whenever they play at home, whoever the team is, even if they were playing the Chiefs, I would be inclined to take the Vikings over the Chiefs at home. But they were absolutely brutal. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Football is a week-to-week sport. And we saw that with the Cowboys and the Vikings. Sunday Night Football, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. The Chiefs and the Chargers. Chiefs getting a really entertaining win on the road against the Chargers. Not really... Not that it really matters on the road in SoFi Stadium because the Chargers just have so little fans. It felt like a home game for the Kansas City Chiefs, but give credit to them. They were able to drive down the field and a fourth quarter come from behind victory for Patrick Mahomes. When the Chargers scored and there were like there was like a minute thirty left, I knew the Chiefs were gonna come right down the field and score. And they still had thirty seconds left. Like the Chiefs came down and they scored. They scored like too quickly. And everyone was talking about how you left too much time for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs left too much time for the Chargers. I was a little worried there. I thought Herbert was going to drive down the field and uh, kick a field goal. And we're going to go into overtime at 30-30. But Chiefs defense ended up coming up with a big stop. And that's how football should be. You know, I shouldn't be watching a 10-3 to 3 game in the year of 2022 with the Patriots and the Jets. I should be watching 30-27 to 27 entertaining shootouts, Offense is going up and down the field, especially with all the rules geared towards the offense. I mean, offense should be king in this day and age. But for the Patriots and the Jets, they look like they were playing in the 1940s. I mean, even in the 1940s, that would not be acceptable, that game. I mean, you would be getting criticized. I mean, that's just absolutely brutal that game. And sorry, I keep going back to that game. I just can't get it out of my mind. But I was 0-3 with my picks. Talked about the Chiefs. I took them minus 5. They ended up winning by 3. So that's a loss. I took the Vikings. They ended up getting blown out. Just talked about them. That's a loss. And then the Bills and the Browns. Bills ended up winning by 8. I took them at 8.5. So some bad beats there. But The Bills, they were down, actually, in that first half. They ended up coming back. I think it was tied at the half, and then the Bills ended up pulling away. But they do not look like that Super Bowl contender or the Super Bowl favorite, I should say. They are a Super Bowl contender, but they're not the Super Bowl favorite, in my opinion. I think the Chiefs are better than them, and I also think that the 49ers are better than the Bills at this point. I remember at the beginning of the year, everyone was just so quick to get on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon and there was a stretch there where they looked like I mean they looked like one of the best teams that I've ever seen with that defense and then the way that Josh Allen was just marching his offense up and down the field but over the past few weeks between the Jets and the Vikings and then against the Browns having a little bit of trouble the Browns aren't a very good team, Uh, the Bills made it tough against the Cleveland Browns, but they did get the win, that game of course was in Detroit, because they had 75 inches of snow in Buffalo, Um, but give credit to the NFL, they were able to actually get the teams to Detroit, and it took a while, I think the Bills left on Saturday, which was crazy logistically, but the Bills ended up getting there, it was fine, they ended up winning, so no one really cares now, Elsewhere around the NFL, you had the Falcons getting a win against the Bears, 27-24. I've been um, on. I've been. I've been on the Bears the last few weeks. Didn't end up taking them, but the Falcons ended up winning, 27-24. Jets have the Bears next week, and the Commanders. They're sneaky good. The Commanders, they beat the Eagles last week, and they won against the Texans. Texans aren't very good, but all of a sudden now, the Commanders have strung together a few wins, and that division is starting to tighten up a little bit. The Eagles did get a win against the Colts. It looked like the Colts were going to come out and win that game, but the Eagles ended up winning. They're now 9-1. and Cowboys and Giants both 7-3. and And the best division in football, the NFC East, they have all teams over five hundred. And how about just the Eastern Division in both the AFC and the NFC? All the teams in those divisions are over 500. You have the Dolphins sitting at 7 and 3 along with the Bills, and then the Patriots and the Jets both at 6 and 4. And then I just went through the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. They are both they are all over 500. The Vikings with even with the loss, they're still running away with the NFC North. Buccaneers were on a bye. They are Leading the NFC South with a even 500 record, and then you have still have the Seahawks. They're leading the 49ers in the NFC West. The Niners, with a win tonight, can tie the Seahawks, and that'll be a fun finish down the stretch. But a huge divisional game for the Niners and the Cardinals tonight, Monday Night Football. Everyone expecting the Niners to win. I think on ESPN, they got a 90% chance to win that game. Kyler Murray is questionable. So is DeAndre Hopkins, but it does look like they'll both play. Even if they do play, I think Niners still blow them out. And uh, we're talking about the Niners and the Seahawks sitting atop the NFC West. In my opinion, I think it's going to be Niners and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I've said the Chiefs all along. I've been on them since I've started this podcast, but I think since the Niners got Christian McCaffrey, I think that is a difference maker, especially if McCaffrey can stay healthy. If McCaffrey can stay healthy, then the Niners are definitely going to the Super Bowl and they will be playing the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will beat them in the Super Bowl. I know I'm getting way too far out um, ahead of myself here, but I just think the Niners are too good. They're, they're, They're well coached by Shanahan, despite all the criticism that he's got over the years as the offensive coordinator with the Falcons and then what he did in the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Chiefs. But he's a good coach they are really strong up front on both the offensive and defensive lines. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, can you imagine if he finishes the season with a victory in the Super Bowl? I mean, that would be absolutely crazy, a storybook Hollywood ending. That really would. But I do think the Chiefs will beat them in the Super Bowl. Uh, That is just about it for me on this podcast. Team USA did tie Wales in the World Cup, for those of you that care. Knicks do play tonight. Enjoy that game. They play the Thunder. They are an NBA purgatory. I promise I'll get to them more on Friday because they are worth talking about now. It is just terrible watching them night in and night out. But thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'll be back on Friday. Enjoy Monday night football. And then of course the Knicks and the Thunder tonight. Thank you for listening and have a great day.